Joining me now, the Minister of Education, Stephen Lecce. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. All right. Thanks for doing this. So you announced yesterday a program that's going to put money in the hands of the parents of students. How's that working? Well, we have over 300,000 applicants this morning. Uh, we're providing through the catch-up payments, Jerry, $200 for children, uh, school-age kids up to 18, and $250 for kids with special education. We've done this before. We're doing it again because we recognize the challenge in this economy with inflation and the cost of living. We also recognize through EQAO that there are some real challenges on learning loss. And so while we stepped up massively the investments of publicly funded tutoring, free tutoring for kids in our schools, and we're expanding the amount of literacy support so that every young kid out there, I hear this from parents all the time, my young child in kindergarten, grade one, grade two, they're regressing in reading. We're now going to be one of the few provinces to do a literal intervention and assessment of the reading. Um, and yes, we're also going to be providing some additional dollars to parents' pockets. So we're, to our, we're taking an all-the-above approach, support families, support schools, and support the kids themselves. How do parents access this? They apply online. So for families out there, you, you would have done this at least three times prior. The uh, website to apply is Ontario.ca forward slash catch-up payments. Why we uh, put it online again is to make it easy. It's about three minutes, two to three minute application process. It is direct deposit into your accounts. It takes roughly two to three weeks to get the dollars. And I'd encourage parents to put these dollars to good use in support of their kids at a very important time as we help kids get back on track. And as I said yesterday, if we want to help support families, most especially even beyond a $200 payment per child, we've got to keep their kids in school. And we're making that case. Education Minister Stephen Lecce with me. I've talked with several people about this through the course of the morning show, and everybody was of one voice, Minister, which is this seems tone deaf to be handling, handing that money out when you then turn and say to the education workers, we don't have any money for you. You know, Jerry, we announced this in uh, August of this year in our budget, and we're rolling it out in the fall. We've always said our government as progressive conservatives believe that parents are better positioned to spend dollars on the, those kids that they love more than a bureaucrat, a union leader, or a politician. And I believe, as a matter of conviction, families know how to best put their hard-earned dollars to work to support their kids. But I also want parents out there to know that we're not just providing some additional support, which is unique in Ontario to be doing this and having done it four, three times already. We're also stepping up the support specifically within our schools because yesterday we announced we're extending tutoring, $175 million in small groups because we've got to get these kids back on track on what actually matters in the classroom, reading, writing, and math. We want to improve scores, improve graduation rates, improve the ability of young people to get a good paying job in this economy. And so it starts with them being in class, and most especially it means we need to help the parents who play a critical role in the life of a child. So what are you telling the education workers, and can you avoid a strike? Well, I mean, my hope is that we've got some additional bargaining dates scheduled in the next two weeks with QP. Look, parents have seen this story before. Not the first time in the last 40 years uh, this, these unions have striked or withdrawn services. It's tiring and it's frustrating. We have EQEO data out just yesterday that, com that confirms a trend around the world. Learning loss in reading, writing, and math, especially math, is very impactful. So we have a moral obligation to these kids. I urge the union... If there weren't a million other reasons, look at the data and work with us. Don't talk strikes. Don't leave the table. Work with us at the table to get a deal we can live with. 
that keeps kids in class. And we've offered them 8% over the course of their mandate, maintaining the best pension, the best benefit program in Canada. They've got job security. They had it through the pandemic. Many people didn't. Of course, sick leave, 131 paid sick days. 11 of those are 100% paid. And the next 120, 90%. Yes, I believe we've offered them something reasonable. When you come to me, Jerry, saying I want a nearly 50% increase in compensation, I ask the question rhetorically, who in this economy is eligible for those types of increases? So we're going to be fair, but we're going to focus on kids, stand up for parents, and keep kids in school. All right, now, if you've tuned in, I'm talking to Stephen Lecce, the education minister, because you want to get the keyword and try to get a grand in your hand. I'll have that for you in a few minutes, but I want to continue here while I have them with the education minister. Are you saying to the to CUPE, who wants an 11.7% raise, I think it is, that isn't going to happen? It's 11.7% in salary per year, every year over the course of the contract. What I'm saying is we need to provide reasonable offers. We gave them an offer. The ball's in their court to bring something back that is affordable and that is fair. Remember, whatever we do with CUPE, this is the education workers, whatever we do with them will set the stage in what's called the minimum, because there's a Me Too clause. It'll set the minimum in the negotiation with the teachers. If we take what unions ask, and extrapolate that across the sector, all the other unions that we have to negotiate at the same time. It's a $19 billion, nearly $19 billion increase in demand on the taxpayer. And frankly, I believe these workers play a critical role. They make, on average, $27 an hour. We pay them better to do the jobs in schools, doing the exact same thing in a hospital, in a college, university, in manufacturing, in finance, in transportation, every sector of the economy. You compare what we pay in our schools compared to those in other sectors, public and private, we are leading. And, of course, the other entitlements, you know, as I say, the pension benefits, et cetera, those things cannot be decoupled from the discussion. So what I'm saying to the workers is we appreciate them. We're going to increase their pay every year, and we're going to maintain the best um, uh, benefit program in the nation. I just believe that their union leadership needs to hear me when I say children should not pay the price because uh, the union's not getting uh, nearly 50% increase in compensation. I just think that is entirely unfair to kids. 50%? nearly 50% increase when you add up the salary of 11% a year plus all the requests and demands they've made. They want to be paid for prep time. They want an increase in benefits. Yes, it's a nearly 50% increase over the three years of the contract. Okay. And frankly, I don't know anyone, Jerry, in this economy. Like, I just don't. I don't care what sector, public or private. I'm not aware of anyone who's getting those types of increases. So when I say be reasonable, I'm suggesting, you know, something that is affordable and consistent with other sectors of the economy. Because I know a lot of parents are working harder and taking home less, which is why we've announced the catch-up payments. Give them some Uh, I want to hit you with one more thing. I know you're going to have to go. Yesterday, the math scores came out. Grade 3, 59% at or above uh, grade level. And uh, for grade 6, it was 47%. I was disappointed that you immediately said it's because of COVID. It can't be because of COVID because the numbers is the same as they were in 2016, 2017, 2018. And when, when are we going to fix uh, math education in this province? Because you guys haven't done it. We absolutely agree that there's a problem with respect to math. Uh, The COVID pandemic uh, provided an impact and a trend around the world. Every province. This is not a trend. This is what I was frustrated about. This is not a trend. The numbers are the same they were the years before. This is not a COVID thing. It's we're not teaching math thing. So before the pandemic, for under Kathleen Wynne, 
there wasn't a pandemic to give excuse or provide a rationale for how there could be such a decrease in math scores. Every province in Canada, Jerry, every state in the U.S., the United Kingdom and the U.S. and every province in this nation has seen decreases in math. What we're suggesting is last year we brought forth a new curriculum, to your point, that actually focuses on the fundamentals of math, financial literacy, coding, uh, digital literacy embedded throughout the curriculum. We've increased the training of our teachers to uh, really make sure their qualifications are enhanced. And we've just announced new math teams that are going to be SWAT teams deployed to low-performing schools so we can get back to the basics and get kids on track. Math is important, which is why, yes, which is why one year ago we brought forth and overhauled a curriculum, which we campaigned on doing to end discovery math and go back to the basics. That is introduced in the middle of the worst year of the pandemic, and I have every confidence that the curriculum that is modern and relevant to the skills in the labor market, plus the increased supports uh, when it comes to math educators and math training and tutoring, which we've extended yesterday, I do believe it's going to help improve math scores and really give these young people some skill sets they can apply in the classroom and in their life. Education Minister for the province, Stephen Lecce, thanks very much. Okay, thank you. Have a good day.